Welcome back to In Session with Jared and Clay. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Dr. Jared Cox here with my co-host, Dr. Clay Barty, and we're joined again by special guests, Dr. Greg Harris and Chaplain Jason Darden. It's good to see you guys. Uh, Go ahead. I just want to thank you guys. I really do want to thank you, you know, genuinely from bottom of my heart because, uh, you know, this takes time and, and it's, uh, it's a commitment and I don't know how, how much you know, good we're doing. My hope and my prayer is that, is that we are, but I, I just want to tell you that it's good for me. Yeah. And I, I just yeah. thank you guys for, uh, for, you know, for taking the time and, and doing this. And uh, maybe there's some seeds are being planted out there that are really going to gonna do something. But anyway, that was on my heart. I wanted to throw that out there as we begin. No better way to, show, to start the show than that. That's, That's for right. sure. Absolutely. That's right. Thank you, Coach. Thanks. Yeah, man. Yes, indeed. So I was going to tell you guys that this week something happened at my house that reminded me of what we talked about on last week's show. And I know we all felt like the conversation last time needed to keep going. And this thing that happened, it speaks right to that. So I'll tell you about it as we get started. So my family has two new puppies, micro Pomeranians, big four pounders. I know they're tiny, but they bring big fun. And to be honest, a little crazy. Well, two of my kids... My oldest and my youngest, they were in the living room on puppy duty. But rather than sharing puppy duty as a unified effort, apparently my teenage son made a deal with his little sister to individually take turns, which means he just wants to check out and get on his iPad between his shifts. And that system seems to go pretty well until mom gets home from work, right? Because in our family, we typically take our shoes off in the garage before we come inside the house. And as soon as mom steps inside the house... It becomes quite clear that neither one of the kids had noticed that one of the puppies had made a little puddle. Mom rightfully gets upset, consequences are doled out, and as I walk into the room, my son looks to me and he tries to defend himself. Because, according to the terms of his deal with his sister, it was her turn to be responsible for the puppies. Therefore, it wasn't his fault that the puddle went unnoticed and therefore he shouldn't have any consequences. So I tried to explain a little bit more. And I said, in this house, in our house... Everyone shares the responsibility to keep our home clean. And honestly, I totally get his defense. I understand what he was saying. A lot of people would say that, right? But I am tired of that. In my opinion, this world does not need any more shifting of responsibility. And I don't want to teach my son that he should think like that. I don't want to contribute to that. That needs to get better, in my opinion. So I pretty quickly cut him off. And I said, hey, man, here's the deal. Even if I were to concede that this may not be your fault, I'm saying it is still your responsibility. Fault and responsibility aren't always the same thing. Because the fact is, mom still stepped in the puddle on your watch. And when mom steps in a puddle, someone is going to pay the price. And in this house, when you're in the same room, like 10 feet away from the scene of the crime, Brother, you better believe you will have consequences, even if you are ignorant of, even if you had allowed yourself to be oblivious to or separated from everything that was happening around you. And my son's an excellent kid. He's a fine young man. I am so, so proud of him. So I don't tell you that story here to say anything whatsoever negative about my son. I just can't help but think it reminds me of our conversation last week in a little bit different context, and it shows how that type of thinking about individualism and ignorance really play out in our everyday lives. 
I think it's there a lot more than we think it is. And when we talk about racism, we probably better consider that. It's really a poignant point to what we're talking about is we try to build an understanding of this idea of racism, you know, because when you use that word, it means many different things to many different people. But something just came to my mind when you said that, Jared, because I think it's important uh, to acknowledge that we as a country and a culture are indeed suffering the latent consequences of things that have happened years and years and years ago, generations ago. And that is a systemic fact that occurs at, at all levels. And I think people in today's climate really don't acknowledge that. They don't, they don't talk about it or even see it, that, that we are suffering from still latent consequences, you know, from generations past when it comes to this idea of slavery. And I think it, that helps us build, you know, this idea as we go through this, you know, this mm-hmm. series, we, we have to begin to build an idea of racism that everyone can connect to instead of letting it sit out there in a way that everybody tries to exclude themselves from. And so when I hear about those consequences, it's fascinating because when I hear about those consequences, you, you basically said, you know, if, if, if you're involved in this family and these things happen, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, some consequence for them. As you know, Got years of experience in substance abuse, addiction treatment, you know, all all manner of that. And what I'm reminded of is when when you get into recovery and when you sober up, the consequences of the past years of my using of my alcoholism, they don't go away. They do not vanish the second that I change my lifestyle, the second that I you know, have this shift in context into sobriety. Now, from that point forward, my life begins to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My life begins to actually improve. But I'm, I promise you, I will still suffer the latent consequences of the 25 years, you know, of substance abuse that I incurred in the year. And, 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 and that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's the same process. Well, and not only that, right, but wouldn't you also say that the family and the loved ones share in those consequences too? Absolutely. 100%. And so, so I'm, you know, in a, in a very real way, my family can still be suffering the consequences of my grandfather's alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And we will be dealing with those consequences in a myriad of ways. We'll be dealing maybe with a stunted emotional processing mechanism within the family, or, or we may be dealing with some being way behind on, on capturing some generational wealth or something of that nature. And so that systemic truth is important to our discussion. Right. Because you know, a lot of people may be saying, oh, we've sobered up. We've come to the point that we realize mm. this idea of inequity and racism is wrong. But rest assured, we're going to be dealing with the consequences right. for years to come still. Yeah. 
No, that's really interesting analogy. I have not thought of it like that. But what I understand about alcoholism, Mm -hmm. you don't say, I used to be an alcoholic, right? I mean, is it true that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic? And Well, we can get into... You can't just leave that past behind. You get into discussions of of languaging and and what you mean with words, but in traditional recovery in your 12-step groups, they will adopt that position that I am alcoholic. And a recovering alcoholic, you know, would be distinguished then from a practicing alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So the first episode of this podcast was when we made the point that it's not enough to not be a racist. And we tried to promote this idea of more actively being opposed to racism, maybe being even anti-racism. But now we're saying not only are we not going to not be racist, or be anti-racist, but we're also going to have to recognize that our country is going to be, whether we like it or not, we are going to be a country of recovering racists. And as recovering racists, you're saying that we are going to have these consequences, not just for the minorities, not just for the black people, but for for all of us, right? And that adds a whole other layer of complexity to this issue because we don't address them or we don't acknowledge mm-hmm. them. We, we don't, don't know ag- they're there. Or I mean, way, we don't realize yeah. that connection, I think. Yeah, another way to That's, mention that is we don't pay attention to the connection that we have with past generations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. really think mm-hmm. we're separate. We think we're apart from all of that. And the reality is we're a part of. And so, again, in connecting with this idea of racism, if, if you're defining racism in a way that excludes yourself or moves you to a position of being apart from, I challenge your thinking. I, I right. challenge that you're mistaking, or, or at least I'll challenge that that is a poor organization for unity. We must be defining racism in a way that includes all of us. It does carry some negative connotation to it, and I, I understand that. Of course it does. But it, if we could define it in a way that it includes all of us, mm-hmm. connect around it, then we're, we're all a part of. And so maybe we can get a little movement, get a, get a little change. And, that, and that's a challenge now. That's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. That, that's where that complexity comes in. Well, Jason, I'd, I'd like to hear more about your comment about ignorance yeah. last time. How do you connect ignorance to racism? I like using analogies because it simplifies things for me. So we're from California. My family's from California. And a few years back, we were going through a really bad drought in California. Like water is really scarce. So they had water restrictions and, and things like that. So you would have to water your 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 lawn on certain days out of the week in the evening time. And I remember I would water, I'd turn on the sprinkler system and and water my grass. And my grass was looking great. I mean, it was beautiful, right? Extra green and <laughs> luscious. <laughs> and, and, and I noticed every time my sprinkler was on, my neighbor's yard was getting flooded, but I didn't, I didn't think (laughs) the way our yard was, there was like an angle. So I thought, you know, maybe it's some kind of runoff and I'm not really responsible for that at all. I, I, but I didn't know we kind of shared a pipe underground. I I didn't really get that. So 
one day he mm. came out and he was walking through his sloshy lawn <laughs> and he comes and he knocks on my door and he's like, hey, man, I, I don't know if you notice, <laughs> but my yard is flooded and it's it's terrible and yours is looking great. So I'm wondering if there's some leakage somewhere. Right. And it, it didn't really I was so concerned about my own lawn and making sure it was taken care of stuff like that, that I just totally neglected what was going on with mm-hmm. my neighbor until he said something. And then we had a guy come out and looked and, and we shared this pipe and I had like a small little hole in my pipe on my side that I didn't know was there. I, I kind of thought maybe it could have been there, but uh, he made it very clear. No, there's a leak and it's flooding my yard and and I, I should have been more aware. I, and mm-hmm. I just wasn't because I was so focused on my own lawn. Right. right. So in thinking about ignorance, ignorance can be intentional a lot of times. And then sometimes it's just, you just don't know. You just, you're just not woke. You don't, you don't mm-hmm. get it. Right. Mm-hmm. But as I was thinking about this, uh, my, my uncle is a judge and he often tells me he does criminal cases. He's been a lawyer before a criminal defense lawyer. And he says, there's a term that we use in the court of law sometimes called criminal negligence. And, 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 he made me look that up and I started looking at it when, when a crime or an injustice is committed. Right. And, and you don't do anything, even though you're in the presence of it, you could be deemed guilty. And, and then there's another concept called gross negligence. Right. So so we've got to be very, very careful. Yes. A lot of times we can be ignorant, not on purpose. It's just what it is. But if we don't step in we can be held liable and accountable for the crime that we've witnessed or the injustice that we've seen. Mm -hmm. Right. And we don't like that. I don't like the idea of me being held responsible for something that I didn't do that I didn't do on purpose, but that has been around me. Right. right? I I don't like that. I didn't do, I didn't do, I didn't flood my neighbor's yard. I didn't do it, (laughs) but we were connected. We were connected underground through these pipes. Right. Right. And that's my point. We're connected underground. There's something there. There's something there. There's something there. So what the, to follow your analogy, when you became aware, how did you respond? Yes. Mm. So the the first thing is I said, oh, no, this has been happening for a long time and I never did. it. So now I'm frightened. I'm like, oh, no, I got to handle this. How much is it going to cost me? How does the neighbor feel about me now? Right. So so what I did is I went over and I knocked on his door and I said, I just found out it was me and I'm so sorry. And anything that I can do, I had to apologize. I apologize. Right. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize this was going on and I'm going to do something right now to fix that hole. If it costs me money, which it did, I'm going to take care of it so that you as my neighbor don't have to feel the impacts of my negligence. Right? So it started with an apology because I wanted to make sure that he viewed me as an ally and as a friend. Right? right? So apology. And then I had to put some skin in the game and I had to pay for it. Did you build the system? No, no, I did not build the system. The system was built by somebody the else. The system was already built but by you felt, somebody else. You felt like it was your responsibility. But it was my responsibility. Why was it your responsibility? Uh, because it was in my area of operation, right? It, it was in my lawn. You were close to the puddle. I was close <laughs> to the puddle, right? I saw the dog use the bed, right? So, so... So it fell under my umbrella of responsibility, right? But, and that's the word. 
that's the word that I don't know if we've said yet, the responsibility to take action, the responsibility to apologize. And we've talked about that before in the past. Um, I told you I was apologized out. I know you were, but we're going we're gonna to keep it rolling, brother. We're going to keep it rolling. And, and, and th- that's, that's the big thing. So you go back to your, to your kids. You go back to my kids. And go back to, I guess, all of our kids. To take responsibility for what happened, even when you think that, well, but somebody else could have been doing this or somebody else should have done this. That's one of the things I think that's missing a lot of times in this, in mm. this world. We, we don't, we don't sit back and we take the, so this other word that I know Jared, we had talked about this individualism type of, of, of thought process. Well, that's not, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. That's somebody else's problem. My stuff is over here. My things are here. My issues are right here. That's not, that's yours. There's not a working relationship when we don't have a working relationship. And when we don't have a working relationship, we don't take responsibility for a lot of things that that can happen. You go into coach talking about alcoholism. talking about the past demons you talk about being alcoholic you talk about a lot of people sometimes not taking the responsibility and not putting in the work and not being active in overcoming or to change their state of where they're at and hopefully just thinking things will just go away it'll just get better we've done that with racism well if we just leave it alone it'll just get better we've not talked we've not paid attention to our history, mm-hmm. which is right why we're right back where we are. Right. Well, if you'd have looked at what they did 60, 70 years ago, and we'd have really studied it and looked at it and done something different, we talked about second order change a couple of weeks ago, we wouldn't be right back here, but no one took responsibility. We thought it would just all go away and it would just get better. And we're not dealing with our past demons and our past history of, of doing things, they are still there and they're more, they're, they're even, you know, it's kind of like something dies, you know, in a room or, or in an attic and you kind of leave it up there and it starts to smell and the smell starts to get worse and the smell starts to get worse and worse and worse. Well, the smell's bad right now. How much longer can we ignore how much longer can we not take responsibility? Who's going to go up there and get the the dead animal out, out of it? Well, that's my, I didn't put it there. I didn't do it. I'm not racist. I'm not the alcoholic. You know, so we leave it for somebody else to do and we don't all take responsibility and, and until we do that collectively together as a as a people and as a as a group that we talked about minority and majority until a number of us take that responsibility it's going to stink it's going to stink for a long time such a good point until until we become the majority Mm -hmm. and and when i say we it has nothing to do with skin color or anything else until until we become the majority and decide to address the dead elephant that is in the attic. Yeah, we're we're gonna keep spinning our wheels and 
again, to carry the analogy or, or to keep building upon it, you know, there, there's a, uh, again, in, with addiction and recovery, you know, if, if you just stop using, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, you're know, not yeah. sober. Yeah. You're miserable. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Recovery is about trading an abnormal relationship with a substance for a real normal relationship with human beings. So sobriety is that second order change, that shift in context that we're looking for in this nation. Right. When it comes to racism and you're you're dead on right, Greg. We're all we are is a bunch of dry drunks. <laughs> when it when it comes to I the idea of, yeah. of racism, yeah. I love that coach, and uh, I love it, which is miserable. Not it's, me, I it didn't is do it. miserable to simply to simply not use is a very painful and uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, position to be in, and that and that's why you know the recidivism rate or the relapse rate, you know, in substance abuse is so high. Because it's not about stopping only. It's about stopping and replacing. That's good. And if we don't when we don't replace, if that doesn't happen, then you almost have to go back to using. Right. Because life without any of that is you know, is unbearable. So I don't want to beat the analogy too, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, to death, but I think there's some real connections there that that we can tie back into with with some of the consequences because i deal with that with a lot of clients you know that they mm-hmm. go it's certainly not a laughable matter but i you know i'll listen to them and they'll go i've been sober like six months you know and my family still doesn't trust me and i'm like duh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's yeah, that's part of it, yeah. that these consequences, you know, I lost my license, you know, and I've got a prison record, mm-hmm. you know, directly yeah. connected to my past substance abuse, and they didn't expunge that. They didn't take it right. away right. when right. I sobered right. up. Right. 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 That is correct. And so, you know, the analogy, we may be stretching a little bit, but I just, you know, the consequences that we're still, you know, dealing with, I think we need to connect to the fact that they're they're from generation and generations to go and we can't ignore that and we cannot address it by saying that was then this is now we have to accept in the fact that those consequences are ongoing and and work you know keep working you know to affect some change and another interesting idea we're using the word responsibility because the distinction between being responsible for and Mm. being responsible to to you know, is of great importance. Mm-hmm. Jason, back to your yeah. story, you know, you woke about the pipe. Right, right. And then you, you had this uh, dilemma like, okay, what what is my responsibility? Well, I would offer for your consideration that you you felt a responsibility for yourself in being a good neighbor, mm-hmm. in being a man of your word, a man of integrity, that you felt responsible for that. Right. Mm-hmm. You felt responsible then to your neighbor mm-hmm. to make it right, at right. least the best, uh, you know, that you Jason can. gets an A today. That's right. Hey, so, hey, yeah, you that's hear that? Right. <laughs> so you had, you had both of those, 
you know, you had both of those at play in an appropriate tension. Right. Right. And what happens too much is going back to what you said that you could have taken a different position mm-hmm. and said, I'm not responsible right. for that or to anybody. Right. right. I didn't put it in. Right. I didn't install that. Right. You know, I didn't cause the leak. Right. I'm not. And so now we're butting up against that abstraction of individualism. And when individualism removes you away from or apart from, you know, the collective community of humanity, we have problems. And that's Mm. systemic racism. So one of the consequences of years of racial ignorance in our country is that now to take our country forward, there is a lot of work to do. And we've started to see some of that, right? I mean, we everything from diversity committees to logos being painted on the streets to statues being taken down and potentially, hopefully replaced or added to in some way. But there's a lot of work to do. And my question is, what is the work that you think needs to be done in order to prevent ignorance from inserting itself into our situation anew? Jared, I would say the work is not replacing one statue for another or one name for another. The work is in changing the relationship. Okay, so this is what this statue meant to us. This is what me having this statue out or here means to us. So now we remove it. Well, that doesn't change our history. We still need to we still need to deal with our history. We still need to change our history. Mm-hmm. And I say change our history, change our history going forward. I mean the consequences are still there. They're still there. Whether the yeah. statue stands or yeah. not. They're yeah. still right. there. Yeah. And the work needs to be done yes. as far as us now changing our relationship. That's my only problem with just taking the names off of stuff and removing statues everywhere and people jumping up and down and parading and partying as if that is it. We did it. Haven't met the responsibility to our neighbors to do like what Jason said, right? Right. You know, we right. Haven't, we haven't fulfilled that. Did, Jason did the work. He did the work, they, they, and they found it. He went over to his neighbor. They acknowledged it. They, they, they fixed it, even though he, he didn't build that system. Yeah. He didn't build it, but they, they, it was a problem, so they went over and did, and did the work. You know, and, and that, we're not doing that. That's where I said, well, you know, again, we're stopping fall short, you know, short of, okay, I'm going to remove this for you, but I'm not going to really fix because I, I didn't do what ever that person on the the statue or that name on the building or the name on the stadium. I didn't do that. So therefore I don't have to change how I act or how I relate to you and how we relate to each other. I I just did something for you. I just removed it, but that doesn't change the relationship though. So we, you know, Jason could say, okay, well, I'm not going to turn on my, my, you know, I'm not going to turn on my sprinklers anymore then, or I don't have to acknowledge to him. I just turn off my sprinklers and it won't say anything. He went, he went further than mm-hmm. that. Yeah. We're not going further. And I think we have to, Jared. When you talk about taking responsibility and doing the work, that is what individualism is supposed to accomplish to a large degree, right? 
I mean, if we operate from an ideology of individualism, you can look at that like we are trying to be responsible for ourselves and by extension responsible to each other. The problem is, is that individualism and ignorance are so easily entangled. And so in our very best efforts to be responsible, we, I think, don't have a good balance, or, or maybe a better word is a good harmony, between being responsible for and responsible to. And having that self-awareness, that is important. Knowing where we stand within ourselves, looking within ourselves and seeing how much we are responsible for, how much we are responsible to, knowing where we stand with that, I think is important. Maybe that's where being centered on relationships comes in. Maybe being centered on relationships will provide what we need so that we will be both responsible for and responsible to more appropriately. Let me touch on that, Jerry, because so one of the issues that we have in in our family, like I said, I have two teenage daughters, and it's the issue of the dishes, right? They have turns when they're supposed to do it. Sometimes it doesn't get done, right? And and what I always tell my girls is, you work for your last name, not your first name, mm. right? Oh. What what is your last? Mm-hmm. Your last name is Darden. Right? I got to write that. Down. So you work for your last name, not your first name, right? <laughs> so so if something is not done, if the dishes are stacked high in the sink, mm-hmm. and mom has been working all day, and she comes home, or I come home. I go to my girls, man, your your mom just worked really long hours to take care of you guys and the family. Mm-hmm. And by you neglecting, even though it might not be your responsibility, we, we get that. It, it was a Layla's turn. It's not your turn, Izzy. But because both of you guys neglected to do something, you know who suffers. It's your mom. Right? That's right. And you ought to care about your mother more than that. And when I say that, the dishes are, <laughs> you know, they get they get done, right? Because we're working for our last name, not our first name. Right. The other thing is that I often say is, is we got to move from me to we, a, a, a me paradigm to a we yes. paradigm. We talk about that in ministry a lot, yes. right? There's so many thoughts going off in my head right now. Uh, I got to mention this. This is going to be controversial, but, but I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm kind of sick of cancel culture to be quite honest, Mm -hmm. right? Because the movement right now is to take down stuff, take down stuff. And I wonder if sometimes by taking down a stuff, that's an act of being spiteful. We're doing that on purpose to be spiteful by some, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't solve, like you said, the relationship problem. It's more of, we won that battle. What's the next one coming up, right? right? And it neglects the hard work of the relationship building that needs to be done. And that is a huge problem for Absolutely. me because we live in a cancel culture today. We talked about Redskin. We talked about Miss Butterworth mm-hmm. and Ain't yes. Your yes. right? yes. Cancel it well, all, yes. right? And, and, well, and, and, it's yeah. the, and what it does, in my opinion, it further separates us sometimes, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yes. It, it, it causes more of a battle, more of a war, and we've got to move to a we mentality rather than me. I won this battle, and that goes back to our conversation about competition mm-hmm. and individualism and competition, that's what we're all about. Mm-hmm. So and collaboration. And, and to your point, think. I think you're exactly right. It, it's almost for spite. What did, what did Washington come up with to rename? That's got their, to be temporary. Their, their right? mascot. 
I don't know. I'm not in the news lot, but I heard the other day that they're that they're they're saying we're just the Washington, right. the Washington, we're Washington football, team. Washington football, football team. team. The Washington football team. Right. And it and it came across to me as being sarcastic right. and spiteful. And if you're gonna put that kind of pressure on us, then we'll just call our you know, we'll just call ourselves the yeah. football team. I, I, I had that I had a I had a feeling of that too, Coach. I, I really did. That that yeah, that name really bothered me. It was just like here, and we're I, gonna stick yeah. it to you. And I thought, you're ridiculous. Yeah. What yeah. are you yeah. are you I, are you six years old? I try not to feel that way, but I, I, I felt that way too, Coach, a little bit. I Washington did. Really? The Washington football team. And I'm like is it, to your point, yeah. I think I think you're right, and I don't know exactly how to define cancel culture, but mm-hmm. I'm hearing that mm-hmm. term yeah. a lot, and I'm taking it you're you're describing it accurately. And as mm-hmm. we said a couple of sessions ago, yeah, that these first order changes often polarize us more mm-hmm. than and when their intent, probably the motive is, hopefully it'll bring us together. But if the method is polarizing us, man. We gotta, we gotta quit worrying about the motive and let's get down and examine these methods, right? And where we can get some, you know, do some good. Yeah, coach. So you, you remind me. So chaplain time. Ding, 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 right. It, it reminds me of scripture. Remember the the Jew and Gentile issue and, and the meat sacrifice to the idols, right? And Paul's message to the group was, look, look. If, if any of my eating offends my brother or causes any kind of stumbling block for them in their development and growth, I will not eat. I will avoid it, right? Yeah, submit. And and, and we don't want to do that. And then Jesus was further going to say, in situations where you are obviously not guilty, you didn't start racism, you didn't build a system, Scripture says, allow yourself to be wronged. Mm -hmm. And that is so, so hard to do. Mm -hmm. And I've learned this in my life, right, in my short 39 years of existence, that when I allow myself to be wronged, I didn't do it, but you said I did it okay. It usually turns out for the better Mm -hmm. every single Mm -hmm. time, right? And we're not willing to do that over my dead body well, I allow myself to be wronged, right, 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 and and, yeah. and 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 pull back and restrict some of my freedom just to make you feel better. I'm not Absolutely. doing that. Absolutely, I'm not doing that. This is yeah. America. We don't have to do that. And that's yeah. the I take it a, maybe a different twist on that. None of us want to be uncomfortable. That's why with alcoholism, it's easier for me to go back to the drug, to the substance, or whatever that was. That was. Even though it was causing me grief, I knew the grief that it was going to cause me, and I was comfortable with that. Whatever it comes that I need to replace it with, I don't know. So there's a lot of unknowns about it, and I'm not very comfortable with it. So therefore, when it comes time to either replace or go back to, we go back to because going back to is more comfortable. I feel that way with racism. And here's one thing I have to say. I'll give people the benefit of the doubt. I will say there's a lot of people out there that don't like racism. They don't want it. But the change that needs to take place to be anti-racist is so foreign and uncomfortable for them, and it's so much more work. 
that they would rather just things be the same and they stay where they are. Yeah. And, and even uh, I think unknown is the key word. Yes. Because it may, it may be that the work actually is not really as bad as they think. As it, right. As that's right. right. That's but right. Because it is unknown and it sparks, you know, it's scary mm-hmm. and uncomfortable. Yeah. We avoid it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, good point. Okay, I'm going to pause the recording right here and play the second half of it for you next week because I have some thoughts I want to leave with you while the first half of the session is still fresh on your mind. I opened the show talking about teaching my son responsibility and how being ignorant of the puddles around you and having a perspective which individualizes that responsibility can create problems for other people. And thank you, by the way, for allowing me to tell such a lightweighted story in the heavy and very serious context of racism. I do that not because I want to make light of such an important issue, but because I'm afraid if I don't pull those concepts out of the racism context, we may not realize how prevalent they really are in our lives, and by extension, we may continue to view racism as someone else's fault and someone else's problem. So back to the puddles. All of our lives have plenty of puddles. But we also know that many times the consequences of those puddles aren't just isolated to the one who has to clean up the mess. Cleaning up is just the first step. There's more work to do. We all know that. We have to go further because if we don't go further by changing our system, there will be more puddles. It is our position that we all have the responsibility to prevent more puddles because keeping our house clean is a responsibility shared by all of us. Thanks again for listening today. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and turn on your notifications so you'll know when the newest episode publishes. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and our website, InSessionPodcast.com. Come see us there, and we'll be back next week on In Session with Jared and Clay.